man, what a great day to be an Eagle. Mercy. All right, Eagle Nation, welcome back to Gata Talk. Uh, it is episode two of season six and part two of our 2023 Georgia Southern football season preview extravaganza. Um, so, well, I know, a little a mouthful was, there, Cody. You made it sound um, a lot better than what it is, extravaganza. Like it's a car, like it's a car sale. Extravaganza. Come down to the extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> Got the... Got the inflatable tube yes, men, yes. right? Um, <laughs> uh, so welcome. My name is Matt. That is Cody. Um, if you haven't checked out part one um, of the extravaganza, <laughs> definitely go do that. Um, better sales, we, better deals. Uh, the theme was all around. <laughs> right. The theme was all around change. Obviously, a lot of change in the off season. Um, a lot of coaching changes. Um, a new defensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, position coaches, and then uh, you know what we've b- become accustomed to in the entire college football world has become accustomed to the revolving door that is the transfer portal, right? Yeah. Uh, quality player starters leaving, new faces coming in, starting to kind of get familiar with those. Um, so that was that episode. This episode's all about predictions. So yes, uh, we will give our season predictions at the end of this. Um, we will talk through, you know, what's the probability that we finally get over that hump, um, contend for an East division title, potentially win the East division and get a spot in the conference championship game. Um, and we'll kind of build on what we talked about in part one, uh, with those coaching changes, with the personnel changes, um, and, uh, with the schedule breakdown too, of just, you know, how that all could shake out, right? What are the trap games? What are games that we should win? Um, you know, what are the toughest stretches uh, where we have, you know, back-to-back road games or, um, you know, three road games in a four-game stretch? Uh, so all that will kind of build on what we ultimately think um, or how we ultimately think things might shake out um, this season. So uh, before we get started, if you did listen to the first episode, you know, um, that we had some exciting news. Uh, we have an official sponsor, title sponsor for Gata Talk um, in season six, and that is Can Cut um, uh, Drill Bits and Cutting Tools. Uh, it is a Georgia uh, owned small business. It is a Georgia Southern alumni owned um, a small business. Uh, Andy Thompson. Um, Huge Georgia Southern fan, uh, you know, former owner of HailSouthern.com and, and uh, you know, merchandise there, uh, you know, uh, years back and um, certainly appreciate his support. Uh, these are premium uh, drill bits and cutting tools. Um, so if you are 
in an industry or in a hobby um, and you're looking to, to level up your um, your drill bit and cutting tool game, definitely go check them out. Um, it's CanCut. That's K-N-K-U-T dot com. CanCut dot com. Um, go show Andy and Georgia Small Business and Georgia Southern Alumni uh, Small Business some support. Um, and we appreciate his support and, and, and happy to have a sponsor. Yeah, happy to have his support. And yeah. Echo what Matt said. Go check him out. Go check his business out. And if you feel like that's something that you need or that you know somebody who would be interested in that, send them their way. Um, you know, can cut. So there you go. Yep. K-N-K-U-T.com. So, Cody, let's get into it. Prediction time. So uh, we're going to start, like I said, building on the last episode. So we'll start with the offense. So obviously big year for the offense, huge transition, right? 180 as far as identity goes, going from uh spread option, run based offense to uh more pass heavy um with you know certainly elements of air raid, if not just full on full blown air raid. Um and obviously worked well, right? I mean we had the best uh, best offensive numbers that we've had in a long time, possibly all of FBS. I uh, looking at the Phil Still book only goes back to 2016. Um, I didn't uh, cross reference it with what we did in 14 and 15 under Fritz. Um, probably close there, it's right? Close, Certainly points yeah, were probably close, close. Not exactly points per game wise up there. I mean, over it, but yeah, it's close in terms of what we did during the Fritz years. Yeah, so 32.7 points per game last year. Um, like I said, most since 2016 for sure. Um, far more than last year, right in a three-win season. Just 20.3 points per game, 27.2 the year before, 28.2 um, in 2019, and then 2018, the best year under Lunsford, um, at 30.5. So only only time and since 2016 um, that we hit over 30 points. And then, of course, uh, yeah, 32.7 last year. So um, 466 yards per game. Um, certainly that, that blows away everything, probably even the Fritz years, um, right, because it was a more pass-heavy um, offense. So you're going to get – more touches and, and more chances to rack up yards um, with less running clock, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so Cody, let's let's start there. Um, obviously, uh, back to the change episode, new QB one. We know that's going to be a reality. Um, all signs point to Davis Brin, the transfer from Tulsa, um, uh, running the show. We talked about potential there for him to not only match, but potentially surpass what Calvin Trice did again, resume wise coming from Tulsa and, and what uh, Van Trice did at, at Buffalo is, is better for Bryn, but he's got to prove it on the field. Certainly got to cut down on the interceptions. Um, and he's got good weapons to work with, but some new weapons as well, right? Losing Singleton, um, get the big tight end in from, uh, you know, Keaton Upshaw from Kentucky. Uh, we have, you know, transfer from Pitt, the transfer from Syracuse. Um, of course, Caleb Hood coming back, uh, as well as Burgess. Um, and then can't forget about the running backs, right, with Jalen White and um, O.J. Arnold. Yeah. So the question, pretty simple, Cody, like over under – um, let's start with points. Can can we can we surpass thirty two point seven points per game? Yes, yes. If we cut down on the turnovers, um, so yeah, I think we can surpass that. Um, should surpass it, to be honest with you. Uh, but 
yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's an I, uh, I think of all the little predictions and stuff that we're going to go through on this episode, I think that may be the easier one to go through is that the weapons are there. There's enough consistency with the offensive line that that should hold up and, and be just as well as it was last year, you know, barring some sort of catastrophe. Uh, running backs, the, the weapons are there. If Jalen White's healthy, I see no reason for him not to be able to top 1,000 yards rushing and maybe also have 500 yards receiving. There's tons of wide receiver weapons that Bryn has. So in quarterback, Bryn is just as good as Vantrese, if not better. So all the parts are there. It's just can Ellis and his coaching staff, you know, come in, work on what they need to work on in terms of instilling the playbook and getting all the people up to speed on what they need to do. And also on the coaching staff side, working on stuff that they need to work on, such as end of half situations or maybe understanding what the defense is throwing at them and and taking what they can get and not trying to force a situation like we saw in a few games last year. So if Ellis has grown as a coach and the players come together, there should be no reason why we can't surpass that and get close to 35 points a game if that warm. Yeah, for sure. So with, um, you know, offensive line, uh, you know, you didn't uh, harp too much on them. Um, they are obviously great. You know, we talked about the new offensive line coach um, in uh, Woods. Uh, obviously, uh, Richard Owens did a fantastic job in his only year um, with us uh, under Clay Helton's inaugural staff before going to Louisville. Um, you know, we, we bring back the, the majority of the line. We get uh, some transfers in. Um, so what's your prediction specifically with that unit obviously like everything kind of runs through that running or passing right if the line's not there everything else is going to fall apart obviously uh, protection was huge last year calvin trees um you know was was sacked uh um not the least right but but certainly up there um in in the uh top top three i believe of of least least sacks allowed right so um and he wasn't particularly a a mobile quarterback so that's even a bigger tip of the hat to last year's offensive line so question for offensive line can they replicate the performance from last year the sack numbers may be hard i mean that's i mean they were under 10 i think it was like seven was the number so that's going to be hard to do you know you're talking about most games not giving up a sack at all if only one. So, you know, that may be hard to replicate. I think everything else should be rushing yards, rushing uh, per attempt, um, passing yards, protection for the quarterback, I think should do just as well. Again, it's have they put the work in? They should have. They probably did. If they have, then you're going to see similar numbers. Now, am I thinking that they're going to be less than seven sacks this season? Probably not. No, that's that's a hard thing to ask for the offensive line. But is it going to be something crazy like over 20? No, that's not going to happen either. Um, barring some sort of like, again, injury bug that just wipes out half the offensive line. So, no, I mean, the offensive line in and of itself is a, is has to come together as a unit. I think they will. I think they'll be fine. It's just going to be, you know, will will Bryn learn the offense enough and quickly enough to where he can get the throws out on time, make the quick decisions, make the right reads, and, and move the ball downfield? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, last year, um, kind of uh, looking back at Calvin Treese, you know, certainly had, you know, some some errant throws, some, you know, not great decisions there, um, did turn the ball over quite a bit, right, with the 16 interceptions. Um, but he also obviously had some of those heroic plays, right? Some of those very memorable plays, obviously the run against Nebraska comes to mind, the um, the pass to Burgess right in the end zone uh, against James Madison, a knockoff ranked opponent in Paulson comes to mind. And then of course, uh, you know, the heave um, to, you know, a, a walk on wide receiver, right? Uh, um, against App State to keep them um, out of a bowl and send us to a bowl. Um, those plays all uh, come to mind uh, and, and just, just a small sample. Um, I guess the question here, Cody, is, you know, do you and, and I guess it's complete speculation, right? We, we don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've watched a little tape on him at, at, at Tulsa. Um, you might have as well. But, you know, that was the thing with Kyle that I think really stood out is, um, you know, I think arm strength brands kind of got the edge there. Um, mobility, he's got the edge. Um, but those kind of intangibles, right, of like, can you be that leader in the locker room um, and on the field and make those plays when it matters most? So um, what's kind of your prediction there um, as far as Brent? Yeah. yeah, that's the easiest question you've asked so far. Yeah, I think he can. Um, he seemed to take that role on pretty well at Tulsa. Uh, there's no reason why he can't come and, and do that here. So yeah, I think I think that will probably, hopefully, be maybe the easiest part of his his transition down here to Statesboro is that he can take on that leadership role, come in and be that that quarterback that we need, and and take over the offense and 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 do what he needs to do. I, I to me that I'm not worried about that aspect of it at all. I think I'm more worried about can he, <clears throat> can the offense flow? It's been a year. All the defenses have seen what we're going to throw at them. They have a whole year worth of tape to go and study for. Can the coaching staff adjust for what the defenses are not going to throw at us? Can we take what the defense gives us and not try to force things that we tried to do at times last year? But as far as Brent and his leadership, I think that it's going to be evident on the field in the first uh, couple games. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. Balance between run pass. Where do you think that will be? You know, we saw the old Dominion game, right? Comes to mind where we really focused on the run and kind of grinded out that game and got the win on the road. Um, And then other, other uh, games, we really were just sticking to the pass and it wasn't particularly working. Um, Louisiana comes to mind right on, on Thursday night and just never got going and couldn't get the running game going either. Um, uh, you know, obviously threw the ball over 600 times last year, um, most ever by by far. Um, and uh, you know, yeah. obviously, like with possessions and uh, depending on how the defense does, and uh, can we get some more three and outs or, or stall drives? Can we get some turnovers and get more um, possessions offensively? Um, that comes into play there. So I guess the question is not necessarily like, are we going to surpass the the 600 and six? I think it was pass attempts um but you know are we going to maybe see a bit more of a run pass balance this year depends on what defenses do against us and that may be a cop out of an answer but that's the truth if you see a lot of drop eight then you're going to run the ball uh if you see a lot of uh, what jmu tried to do last year which was bring more than we can block we're probably going to try to expose that and, and throw the ball quickly and get it out quickly and 
uh, try to take advantage of where the holes are at in their defense in the secondary. So <clears throat> that's going to be really what do the defenses do. Uh, I have a feeling that you're going to see a lot of drop eight coverage and try to maybe force us to run the ball if just so that we can maybe have our drives go longer, take more time off the clock, and just kind of get into that time of possession war. Uh, but if you do that, you have home run hitters and O.J. Arnold, Jalen White, and if Gibbs gets on there, he's going to be a home run hitter too. So, you know, it's kind of pick your poison. Um, I thought the way that UAB kind of played this last year was really well, and I would think that a lot of teams will try to emulate what they did, especially if they feel like their secondary is good enough to go one-on-one on the outside with us. Yeah. So I guess final, and this one I guess isn't just like offense related, but you know, just looking at last year's scores, obviously a lot of one score games, some went our way, most actually went our way. Um, some did not. So obviously Nebraska closed three point win on the road. Um, Coastal lose by four on the road. Um, James Madison, we beat them 45 to 38. Um, knocking out the ring team at Paulson old dominion, even though it felt like we were in control for most of that game, it ended 28 to 23, five point game there, obviously the double overtime, um, win, uh, to close out the regular season against app state, um, with, I guess this is where like offense ties in, but obviously defense plays a factor too. Um, you know, do you think we can get to a place where, in in the wins, we're able to get some separation, not just at the end, but like earlier on, where we're not having those kind of heart attack games and moments, right? That that became very common last year. That's where if the defense shows up, if the defense improves, then yeah, there'll be separation and and we'll be able to put some teams away. Um, and that also kind of gets into what I mentioned earlier about Coach Ellis and in, in the end of half that middle eight is a huge statistic that an analytic that people will look at in terms of how did did we win those middle eight minutes of the football game. If you're not familiar with that, it's the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. How many points or how many points did your opponent score? Did you win that battle? Um, if we can actually put points on the board when we're going into those end of half uh, drives instead of stalling or running out of time like you did against Nebraska or UAB yeah. and, 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 and making sure we get points going into halftime, then, then yeah, I think you that's can start the big to one, right? We, we open like second yeah. half adjustments were there. That was refreshing, right? We didn't yeah. see that really under Lunsford. That was one of the biggest knocks on him. Um, but how we close out, like you said, like Nebraska had a chance to start to pull away in that one before, um, you know, before going into halftime, um, and didn't, uh, you know, clock management issue, um, uh, which has been a knock on Helton, you know, at, at USC. So, um, it has. so, it so has, yeah, yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Um, cool. Let's move to defense, kind of a natural segue there. So, um, similar questions, right? Obviously we, we covered it in the, in the change episode. Defense wasn't good. We have a uh, new defensive coordinator, Will Harris <laughs> leaving, um, Brandon Bailey coming in, a uh, lot of new faces. You have uh, Marquez Watson-Trent, right, as kind of your your staple um, at linebacker and really like the leader on the defense coming in, most experience, over 100 tackles last year, um, certainly going to be a leader, you know, on and off the field or, or look to as a leader on and off the field. Um, you know, other than that, it's going to be mostly young guys, like a, 
have Mark Stampley. They got some playing time, um, has a lot of potential, uh, highly recruited out of high school, right? But need him to like step up. And then a lot of other young guys, as well as um, some older transfers, right? Looking for a new opportunity um, from, you know, Power Five schools and other group of high schools. Um, so on defense, Cody, I'll run through the numbers. They're not pretty. Um, 31, uh, 31.6 points per game. So, uh, you know, almost, almost as many points as we scored offensively, uh, we gave it up defensively. Um, we'll start there. Uh, obviously that's the most points we've given up, uh, since 2017, 2017, we gave up, uh, 32.2, uh, points per game. We all remember the, uh, or want to forget, right. The 2017 season. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, uh, um, most points allowed since 2017. Um, can we trim that down Cody in 2023? And if so, by how much? If we want to get to a bowl game, yeah. we need to <laughs> just to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think we can. Um, I, I, I think we can, I, I do. And how much, I don't know. It's not going to be a lot. If we can get it down to below 28, that'd be okay. Great. I was going to say like, thir- I mean, obviously shaving off, uh, what, like 1.6 points isn't much, but I was like, it like can't, no. can just baby steps, right? Can we get below 30? Like, is that, is that, is that realistic? Okay. I think yeah. that's realistic, but that's not going to move the needle. If we're giving up like, no, if, if that's like, if we're giving up like 29 points or right at 30 points a game, we're going to be fighting for a bowl. Yeah. Game. Cause then you have a lot, um, if, if we're somewhere around 32, yeah. 33, even 35 points offensively, right. You're still talking about a lot of uh, one score games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we're, it, that's, that's not ideal. I would like us to be closer to like the 25 points, but that's a lot to ask. Yeah. I think 27 and 28 realistically would be a huge, right? Kind of like a, well, like a four, yeah, four, um, 4.5 uh, difference improvement, right? Something like that would be, would be huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. So uh, looking at yardage, right, which obviously doesn't, always uh result in points and in our red zone defense was actually probably the highlight of the defense last year um it certainly in like will harris's like not calling card but kind of like his exit and stuff it was one of the things that like people touted i guess right Uh, heck we were always in the red exactly (laughs) a lot of chances right so so yeah we we held a lot of teams to field goals or we were able to get uh, you know, the, the 16 turnovers that we got, a lot of those came, um, in the red zone. Um, so yeah, so that kind of like inflated those stats a bit. Um, uh, but exactly right. It, it's all about like opportunities. Why, why are you, why do you have so many opportunities there? It's cause you're allowing the teams to march down the field. Um, so, you know, with that, we gave up, uh, 488, um, total yards. Um, again, that's, uh, third from last in the country. Um, in all of FBS you have, um, and it was by far the most we've given up, uh, since 2016. Um, same answer, right? Cody, like I won't even ask the question cause it's probably the same answer. Like in order to get to a bowl, certainly in order to 
win the the East Division or even contend for the East Division and uh, try to get a spot in the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. Um, we've got to improve on that. I guess the question is, again, how much? Like, how much is going to move the needle? Yeah, I don't know how much is going to move the needle, but it's got to be... It- I don't even like to look at it as far as a total yards per game as much as how are we getting the other team off the field, right? Are we able to shut them down on third downs? Are we able to create turnovers, which, you know, seems to be, we talked about that in the last episode. Um, That seems to be a major focus. But really, are we getting the other team off the field, right? When we have the opportunity, when it's third and 10, third and eight, third and seven, are we stopping them? Are we getting the fourth down? Are we causing them to punt the football and get the ball back into our offense? Because last year that was a huge, huge problem. You would We would get them third and 10, third and seven. They would convert. Go back and look at the Buffalo game. I think they were like 12 of 17 on third down conversions. If we just stopped them on third down in that bowl game, we probably win that game fairly easily, even though we couldn't punch it in in the goal line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can sit here and say, well, what's going to take it to, to improve and get us a couple extra wins or contend for the, you know, for the conference. To me, it's, are you getting the team off the field? If you're getting them off the field, then that yards per game is going to drop. And that's all I care about is get, have your defense to where you one stop them on first and second down where they're not getting first downs on those, on those downs getting them behind the chains and then when you get there you finish it off and and you and you sack them you force the incompletion or you make them throw short and you tackle them and you don't allow them to continue their drives so you know that that's what i really want to see out of this the, the new defensive coordinator is how well can he do that how well can he design his defense and scheme to where you're not allowing these offenses just to continue these drives. Go back and look at Marshall, how they did their death march on us in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, yep. in which I think they held it for like 10 minutes. So, you know, again, that's that's what I'm looking at. If you want to ask me, you know, what is it going to take for us to for our defense to, to do this or that, really it's that. How well are they I getting agree. the team off the field? How well are they killing drives instead of letting offenses sustain them and just really just – have their way it's demoralizing right i mean it's certainly demoralizing as a fan i can i can only imagine what it's like to be you know a coach on the sideline player on the sideline or or player on the field um right in the defensive unit where yeah you like we saw so many times last year um get in third and long situation and they convert um we were 44 um or opponents were 44 0.77% 0.77 percent um, conversion rate on third down against us last year. That That's that ranks 114th in the country. Okay, see that needs to be below. I'll take at least a baby step to get it below 40. percent If go, do you have the whole chart in front of you, or is it just showing what the stats are for Southern in that third down conversion? Uh, it's just third down conversion of all all the teams in FBS. Okay, where where is what number is it where it's finally below 40 percent? Uh, forty percent below forty percent. So thirty nine point eight six is New Mexico State of all teams. Uh, LSU what, LSU was exactly forty percent. Okay, so what number is that? Uh, seventy five. Like seventy five. Okay, so get me in the top yep. seventy five, which is basically what I was saying last. You know, or, or in the in part one, right? Um, of like we yep. were 
bottom or, or yeah bottom five in the country in most defensive categories if we can move that into the top 100 and then certainly like points per game and then third down conversions which i think have a, a direct correlation right to one another in that kind of 80 to 70 range i think that will be enough again if the offense can keep up the pace of last year well where you'll start seeing some of the separation um you'll start yeah you'll stop seeing all these close games and start seeing us get more comfortable pull away and get two three you know maybe four more wins than we did last year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you know to me uh, yards per game i get it that's that's a that's an easy to go to stat but show me our third down conversion rate and show us that dropping because if you see that dropping then I think then then you'll really start seeing us, you know, the wins go up and the, and the difference between our <clears throat> win win spreads increase for sure. So. Because again, it it gives the offense life as well, right? You don't have their it does it gives right them more it gives them more opportunities, but it also doesn't put the pressure on them where their backs against the wall and they feel like they have to score every possession um, because you're gonna let teams you know either march down the field or have their will like like you uh, were saying with Marshall, right? Um, it's 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 demoralizing, right? Like I said, for 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 the offense um, and and a ton of pressure to to live up to. Where all of a sudden, if you're starting to get some of those stops, you're getting in those third and longs and you're actually getting the stops um then you know you don't know what's going to happen with the punt game and get great field position all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier you find yourself up by two three scores and certainly you can't like sit on leads or anything like that but it becomes a lot more comfortable (laughs) knowing that maybe you can like test some stuff and like do some different things and try to run up the score um but not like feel completely again like backs against the wall well, and when you get up by two or three scores, like you just mentioned, what does that make the offense become one-dimensional? Because they're going to have to throw the ball yeah, to keep exactly. up with us. Well, that should make it easier for Bailey and the defense to, to play call in the scheme, right? So, you know, that's kind of like how the Falcons, when they went to the Super Bowl in 2016, they, they pretty much jumped up on teams by two or three scores, and the defense got, you know, became pretty easy to call after that. So, yeah, that would be great if we can if we can kind of adapt that same philosophy of, quick start put the pressure on the other team try to jump up on them by three four touchdowns if we can you know and then you know allow the defense at that point to really just you know pin the ears back and get after the quarterback and and really start putting the pressure on them and and see if we can't really cause some separation early on and really make teams fold under the pressure yeah absolutely um, so I was, I was looking South Alabama, obviously good defense last year. They were 14th in this category. Um, interestingly though, some about champion Troy, 84th, um, 84th, uh, 40.86, still better than us. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, far into that second half, um, of the country on, on, on third downs, but their, their total defense was definitely, you know, up there. Um, and, and points per game was yeah. up there as well. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting with Troy. Um, hmm. yeah, no, I know. I think their points per game and I'm, I, I'm just off the top of my head. I think it was somewhere around like, at least entering the conference championship game. It was like somewhere around like 23, 24 points per game. So they were, you know, gotcha. way better there. Um, but yeah, uh, not one of their strongest categories for third down. So, um, okay. Uh, with, 
let's see what else with um defense is there one area and this isn't really like prediction i guess based but like is there like what what area of the defense unit wise secondary linebackers defensive line is most concerning to you most concerning yeah i would say defensive line because i think three of them are sophomores Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of playing experience there and our rush defense last year was not that great so that would be my most concerning aspect of the defense because i think teams are going to look at last year's tape and say we can run on these guys and i think they're going to run the ball down our throats And and they're gonna have to stop, you know, come up big and, and, and put some stops and, and show that they can't. And I don't know if that if that's possible. That to me, if you want to know come up, my biggest concern is is our rush defense actually going to improve? Two hundred and thirty one yards really. allowed per game last year. Um, yeah, that's terrible. Most by far, um, doubled as much as some years, um, almost uh, dating back to twenty sixteen. So. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Right. I mean, that was certainly a weak point. It was honestly interesting that more teams didn't exploit it. I think the ones that like game plan that saw it and just said, right. Marshall. I mean, that's their bread and butter anyway. Louisiana like has become kind of more of a run based team. I'm um, certainly with a new quarterback. Um, <clears throat> but it, yeah, those teams that just like went all in and was like, Hey, we're going to run the ball. Um, well, you look at South Alabama last yeah. year when they switched up at the second half and just ran it down our throats yeah. the entire time. Yeah, exactly. You know? it's, it's, just, it's just amazing to me that more teams didn't figure it out, right? Because it was like as clear as day, as clear as to, to us, and we're idiots, right? I mean, like, you know, so like like, <laughs> like a, a college football coach that's like watching tape literally all week, like it's it's not rocket science to figure out. So I'm, I'm surprised more teams like James Madison, I know their, their fans were like complaining about it because they like kept passing passing kept passing kept passing every time they ran yeah. it, it it worked right and if they had stuck with it they probably would have pulled that out if not pulled away um you know and, and it wouldn't even been close but they were still committed to the pass and um it just wasn't really working while the quarterback made plays um you know it uh they made mistakes too right they had they had the interception late um and yeah it's like look every time you run is working like stick to it yeah um so yeah well that's the thing if you look at teams that try to you know throw uh, do like a shootout with us we usually won those games you know if it's yeah, nebraska it's pass pass, uh, app state jmu, JMU yep you know, we, we typically win those games. App State still ran the ball on us like crazy. <laughs> they did. Um, but, no, it, to me, if it turned into a shootout, we usually we had the upper hand. And I don't think team, teams will, will try to stay away from that this year, I think. Uh, you probably assume so as well. And because of this rush defense, last year was just terrible. It was Yeah, they're going to test us clean. early and often I don't know if it as was they poor, should, right? Poor yeah. fundamentals. I don't know really what it was. It was just if we just couldn't tackle or if we are just so talent deficient it's on the gaps that it's the it, gaps, Cody, that gap sound. We weren't gap sound, but we don't want to talk about, are we, are we that deficient on defense that it doesn't matter what we do. The other offenses are just going to have their way with us because we're just not where we need to be at talent wise on defense. Right, like, we, like we haven't, like nobody really wants to talk about that, but that could very well be the case. That could be the case, or at least last year, right? But again, this year 
it's mostly new faces, right? And and that's not necessarily a good thing, even as bad as the defense was, because it's like, okay, well, yes, you have transfers in, right? A lot of them, like, while seemingly have talent and were highly recruited, didn't get a lot of playing time in their last stop or any playing time in their last stop, right? And then you have young guys that, again, great in high school, but you don't know how it's going to pan out. So, so yeah, like, like if, if we had that much talent waiting in the wings, why weren't they on the field last year kind of thing? Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern and I, I think it's definitely a fair statement to make, right? Like, are we, um, how, yeah, how good are we talent wise on the defensive side of the ball? Um, you know, compared to our peers, um, and yeah. you know, how, yeah, how much of it is scheme, how much of it was coaching, um, and, and talent development, um, and how much of it is, is just pure talent of, of, you know, uh, can, can you actually make the tackles? Can you actually hit harder? Can you have, you know, do you have the speed, agility, uh, quickness, uh, twitch, all that kind of stuff, right. Especially as the, uh, as, uh, uh, secondary player, right. To, um, stay with the talent and receivers in the Sun Belt, like, all, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's a fair question to ask. So, you know, I don't know what else to say about the defense. I think we've kind of hit that on the head, um, unless there's something else you want to ask about. But, you know, I'm hoping that there's at least a step forward in the defense, even if it's a small step forward with them. I'm not – I don't think you and I are both expecting, like, miracles this year. But we need to see some improvement. Otherwise, modest improvement. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like in in those key, obviously points is where it matters most. Certainly don't want to like give up a ton of yards. Don't want, like we said in in part one, right. To be heavily reliant or solely reliant, certainly on turnovers, right. Certainly it's a big part and it can be a shift. It can give you those extra possessions for the offense to do something, but you don't want to like live or die by it. Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously the, the points per game is, is where it comes down and, and, you know, the third down defense turnovers, all those things factor into that. Um, but, but yeah, like that we, we have to improve, um, in, in total defense and in points per game. I, yeah, I would say like, again, at least get in that top 100 of the country, if not, in the top 80, top 75. If we can do that and the offense can, again, keep pace, um, I do think we're certainly as good as last year, um, if not two to three games better. Yeah. Um, or wins better. Um, so special teams. Let's talk about special teams. Didn't mention them uh, much or really at all, right, in the first episode. So... But an important part, right? <clears throat> three three parts to the game, not just offense and defense, special teams. We know how important it is. We know um, that we have been talent rich, certainly at the kicker position, um, right, with uh, two of the best kickers now in the NFL and Young-Way Koo and Tyler Bass. Um, we had Alex Rayner, who, you know, had a rough go early on in his Georgia Southern career, um, got cemented as, as that number one guy, 
had you know a, a, a good year last year, right? Um, and then uh, uh, now finds himself at Kentucky, right? Uh, University of Kentucky. I'm getting a getting a P5 opportunity there. Um, so now we've got you know Brenton Williams. We got a, a couple young guys that had a lot of interest coming out of high school, talented guys, haven't had a lot of opportunity of like quality playing time, certainly not in the field goal, um, uh, you know, uh, aspect, you know, uh, uh, um, one of them, you know, had, uh, was our main um, kickoff guy right last year. Um, and we'll get to punting in a second and the loss of Anthony Beck. But um, just with field goals, uh, Cody, looking at that, kind of what is your prediction there? What needs to happen? Do we need to find an answer to try to replicate a Rainer or even beyond? Um, or, yeah, the, how, how important is that going to be in the in the grand scheme of things? I don't really have a prediction on our field goals, kickers. Um, I, I think expectations and, and hope is that we are able to find someone that can consistently make it under 40. And then, well, really, I'll be honest. I would like to be consistent under 45. Anything above 45 to me is would be great. Uh, but just something that's consistent under 45 yards, that would be fantastic. Um, hopefully we're not kicking a lot of field goals in the game, that we're scoring more touchdowns. Um, but as you and I talked about before we recorded, there will be times in which a drive will stall inside the 40 and, and we would need to get points, you know, take the points that we can and then move on and, and, and live to fight another day. Yep. So, you know, field goal kickers, you know, you may think, well, we just need to hit the extra points. Well, yeah, extra points are, you know. You're not going to score too, every possession. Like, you're just not. You're not going to score. Yeah, you're not going to score every possession. And, you know, if if we get inside the 40, you know, seven times and, and we score four touchdowns, well, I would at least like those other three times to have three points with them. To give us an extra, well, because it, it's points. the situational stuff too, right? It's the end of the half. Yeah. You get an extra possession, right? With 13 seconds left, you complete a big pass. You're, you know, within the 40, within 30, whatever it is, right? Do you do, you know, a, a long pass to the end zone, um, throw up a prayer, or do you have a consistent kicker that can get you some points before yeah, the half? Exactly. That sort of situation, yeah. it's bound to happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great peace of mind thing to have a reliable kicker again don't need like the the leg of bass or the accuracy of coup necessarily um but just It'd need great it would be great um but <laughs> yeah how much eligibility do they have left um and uh you know it would be great but but uh, i agree with you right it's it's more of that consistency um under 40 which we you know didn't see a lot last year i mean alex rayner 18 for 20 um but certainly I, I think the the two kicks he missed were beyond and then we had uh brought in some of the younger guys to try they also um couldn't uh couldn't get it done so uh yeah i mean you know as much as you're going to have those opportunities you're also going to have the ones where really your only opportunity is to kick and it's going to be more than 45 yards right um and maybe it's not yeah, a game winner yeah. um but maybe it's to you know tie going in a half maybe it's to um, you know, late in the third quarter to give you that edge, like it's, it's, it's going to happen. So um, important unit definitely shouldn't be overlooked. 
No, no, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I lost Cody. That's it. Cody's gone. All right. I think I think we're good. All right, we covered kickers. <laughs> Anthony back, punter, right? Huge loss. Huge loss. Yes, huge um, loss. Again, not a position you normally talk about that much. Um, not one that you honestly want to talk about that much, right? Because you don't want to be punting the ball a ton. Um, no. And we at least think that with our offense and being – as good as last year, if not better, we hope to not find ourselves in that situation very often, right? But um, you know, he in the in the punt in the opportunities he had last year averaged forty three yards um, per punt, uh, and you know, which yeah, which is great. Um, and also, he you know he was a team leader. Definitely a team leader, right? Which you don't always see out of, out of a special teams guy, especially a punter. Um, but uh, yeah, not just within special teams, but I would I would say like the entire team. Um, he, he was involved, right? He had had some plays where you know he had the 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 jump pass. <laughs> um, I forget what a couple of years ago, um, and he also just with the punting game he kind of did that rugby style kick that had the spin on the ball and forced a lot of, um, muff punts, right. Muffed, uh, uh, pun returns, um, which isn't like a stat that's at least that I know of that's like tracked or anything like that, but we certainly saw it with our own eyes. Right. And it's that kind of stuff that can have a huge impact on the game, um, but go largely unnoticed. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's going to be out of the entire special teams unit more than Alex Rayner. I think losing Anthony Beck or finding a adequate replacement for Anthony Beck, um, it's, it's going to be a tall task. It is, and I know that we uh, recruited a young man out of Australia, I believe, that uh, well, I think he was trying to first start to becoming a professional tennis player um, and then went to their that punting school that has produced a lot of punters out of Australia that they have sent over to the collegiate ranks in the years past. So uh, there looks to be at least a couple of young men that – can, that are vying to take over that spot. Um, again, the main thing with the punter is is don't mess it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> like catch the ball, kick the ball, you know, and quick release, you know, right? Hope, like don't hold on to yeah, it. Yeah, don't. Yeah, understand what you're. You know, if it's that rugby style, you know, hold on till it. You, you need to kick it and then get get rid of it. Um, kick it high enough where it's not getting blocked, tipped. Yep. Yep, and then, you know, hopefully you're not having to make the tackle because there's been a completely busted assignment and coverage. So Cody, are we special teams uh, uh like analysts right now? Are we like are we like experts in special teams? No. no? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cause I feel like that no. those were some good insights there. <laughs> well, you know, I do my best. <laughs> um and so no, I look, it's it is. I mean, that's just. I think that's as simple as it is. And if we have that, great. If we don't, then we'll probably be going for it on fourth down every time. <laughs> so, um, I, look, I'm not stressing about the punting situation. I'm more concerned, really, about our field goals, um, and 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 that battle that's going on there, punt wise. I'm not too concerned about it, whether it's the kid from or the young man from Australia, or whether it's one of the f- sophomores or juniors that we have on 
<clears throat> on the team as well, I think will be halfway decent. Um, what I was telling you earlier is is that I, I think with the special team unit, we have a coach that's specifically there just to coach them. Yes. Whereas in years past and on other teams, it's a split responsibility with a position coach that goes and, you know, their primary focus is linebackers. And then they take 30 minutes to go check out what the special teams is doing. So, you know, I think that's something that makes gives me peace that that's being handled by one coach that is I had a lot of experience in that last year. He did a tremendous job in fixing the coverage issues that we had. Remember 2021 where we had a whole bunch oh, of, yeah. of, of blown yeah. coverages and kickoff and punts. So he seemed to come in immediately fix that. That shows to me that he knows, you know, at least a little bit about football and special teams. And so I think, you know, him just having new field goal kickers and new punters, to me, should not be as hard of or as much of a challenge as it is to ensure that the the coverage for kickoffs and punts are where they need to be at. So I, I'm not sweating it at this point. Um, you know, it, now if we're talking about punters and kickers after the Citadel game, I think we're going to have a huge problem. Um, hopefully, right. that's not the case. Yeah. No, so, it's it's a great point. Yeah, and speaking of the Citadel, yeah. yeah, Turner West, the special teams coordinator, came from the Citadel. Um, right uh, where he produced a, a ton of um, Southern Conference, uh, you know, uh, all Southern Conference players and, and kickers and punters and, and returners. Um, he has uh, NFL experience as an assistant linebackers coach with the Dallas Cowboys from 14 to 17. He was at uh, Sanford, Middle Tennessee, uh, UAB, Austin P. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a wealth of experience and it's great to have a dedicated person um, in that third coordinator spot. I, I agree with you, right? I think that was one of the knocks on Lunsford. Obviously, he handles uh, special teams and tight ends right at FAU uh, now. But, uh, you know, he was double dipping with head coach in that. And, and we've, we've seen a lot, you know, with head coaches when they're trying to take on a coordinator position, whether it's like calling plays offensively or calling plays defensively, it, normally doesn't work out right obviously maybe special teams doesn't take quite as much bandwidth as that um but it 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 does help to have a dedicated person um in that in that spot so and and this is a well-qualified person in turner west so i i agree with you as as much as like the the turnover is concerning um we have a great pedigree right we have a great history of having great specialists um, and I know that Turner West, if the guys that we plug in aren't working out, he's going to know what to do, right? And, and who we have waiting in the wings yeah. to, to plug in and, um, and ride the ship. So, Yeah, he'll know what to do. He'll know how to correct the mistakes if he sees there's something wrong in the fundamentals. That, that, none of that I, I have any worries about. So, yeah, it, 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 to me it provides a, a good peace of mind. And really, I don't think – I know the spring game – <laughs> had some folks worried, you know, obviously it didn't look that great. Uh, but hopefully they're putting in the work over the summer as they get into fall camp. And, and I think by the time the season gets here, will it be as great as years past? Maybe not, but I don't think it's going to be a liability in this season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. We got two things to touch on. 
schedule, obviously, right? Um, a lot happened since the last time uh, we recorded or when we ended uh, right season five um, with the with the uh, Camellia Bowl preview. Um, yeah, we just like we're like we're, we're done. done. We're good. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> Uh, obviously if we won that game, I We're think it would have been a folks. little different. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, sorry. like, yeah, uh, we didn't even like say anything on social media. It was just like complete dark, just... like ghosted everybody. Um, but we did. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, the sorry. schedule release sorry, happened, folks. right? We obviously didn't have like a reaction podcast or anything after the schedule release. Um, but now we're, you know, we're, we're closing in, uh, to the season opener against the Citadel. So let's break down the schedule, right? Let's look at, uh, who we face, when, um, what are those stretches? What are those trap games? What are those? Um, I, I sort of, I don't want to say like sure wins. Cause I don't think there are, there's such thing as sure wins. Um, but you know, what are those, those must wins? Um, and you know, what's the toughest stretch, but what's the most important stretch as well? Um, to meeting the goals that I think we all have um, as fans and then as a program, which is finally getting over that hum, not just getting bowl eligible, um, but competing for a East Division title, getting a spot in the Sun Belt Championship game, and competing for a Sun Belt Championship, right? Um, so right. let's start with you know the factor that doesn't really factor into that, and that's the first four games of the schedule, um, right? First third of the schedule, which is our out of conference schedule. So we get all that front loaded at the beginning um, with starting with uh, the Citadel, like I said, September 2nd at home, followed with the tail end of the home and home against UAB, um, uh, uh, hoping for some, you know, a, a revenge game right against them <clears throat> at, at Paulson after a really disappointing loss to them in Birmingham. Um, that's September 9th, September 16th, go on the road, Wisconsin, um, the money game, the power five game, another big 10 team that happens to wear red. Can we replicate what we did last year against Nebraska? Um, we can break that down a bit. Um, and then closing out the out of conference schedule also on the road, um, September 23rd at ball state, um, team that we beat last year. Um, tail end again of the home and home, um, but won that one impulsive last year. So, <clears throat> Cody, with that, you know, what games stand out? Which ones are um, must wins? Uh, and just how do you think the out of conference schedule will shake out? So, must win is obviously the Citadel, right? We can't we can't lose the FCS school. Um, Ball State, I would say, would be another must yep. win. As that those that's like the last game leading into the conference schedule. Um, also, too, they're from a weaker conference. Uh, they lost their top running back. I think they got in a couple of alligator boy. Um, and as well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, alligator boy is off to UCLA. He's off to Hollywood. Yeah, good for him. Um, yeah, and uh, I believe they actually <laughs> Ball State got in a. Favorite Sun Belt quarterback that has traversed uh, through a couple of Sun Belt teams in ha- uh, what is it Lane um, Hatcher? Hatcher, yes. Oh man, okay. So I think he's going to be their new quarterback yeah, over journey there. Man, for sure. Uh, yes. So I think that will be a good um, away test, right? To see how we're going to fare on the road. I'm not really 
worried about the Wisconsin game in terms of win or loss. Just can we go up there and compete? And stay healthy. I'll be honest with you. Yes, yeah, I don't think we win that game. I don't think it comes close. Okay. Um, Wisconsin is a di- completely different aspect and, and team than what Nebraska was last year. Nebraska last year was a defeated team with a defeated coach who knew that it, he was out. The, the writing door. was on the wall. It was That's, just a, it was yeah, the, the writing was on the wall. Was it didn't area. matter. Yeah, our our victory just secured it that he was getting fired on that Monday. He was getting fired sometime in that season. So, whereas Wisconsin, they got a new coach, um, Luke Fickle, yep. who is obviously a very good head football coach, Cincinnati, and has led Cincinnati to do great things there. It that's gonna be you know if we can if 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 we can stay within three touchdowns, I think that's a victory for us. Oh, wow. I don't see okay. us. I don't. I don't think a lot. A lot of a lot of fans have it circled. I guess. I guess Cody, uh, not a prediction, right? But like, like is that is that just recency bias with like the Nebraska kind of like parallel? Okay. Yeah. Yes, I think it's. I think it's recently biased. I think it's not. I think it's assuming that Wisconsin's the same old Wisconsin of just lining up and running down your throat. That's not how this no. team's going to be. Coming. I mean, I think they're going to throw it away. If if this is a close game, I won't even say like if we win it. Um, or if we're in position to win it. But if it's close, it's semi-close going into the fourth quarter, it's going to be a high-scoring affair, right? That, that, that yes. It's going to be a yes. shootout game because they are, you're right, right? This is no longer the corn-fed boy, uh, you know, running down your throat. Wisconsin team, um, This Luke Fickle's going to want to spread the ball out. Um, it's going to look, yeah. uh, it's going to be like looking yeah, at the They're still going to run the ball. Because that's where their strength is personnel rise right now, but the the offense will be a lot. You different could say the same about us last past. year, though, right? So like they're correct, they're gonna correct, yes. they're gonna air it out, right? Like certainly they have the talent there, but they're gonna air it out. Um, and and certainly if we're susceptible to it, and our defense is as bad as yeah. it was last year, our secondary was as bad as it was last year, then they're gonna exploit the the heck out of it, right? So. Um, yeah. yeah, they were seven and six last year. Uh, uncharacteristic, yeah, to your point, um, of, of not being like the Nebraska, uh, worst record they've had in, in a while. Um, a lot of people have them, a lot of the so-called experts, right. Have them as a sleeper pick to win, uh, the big 10 West. Right. So, um, yep. yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, that to me certainly it would be great to get back to back wins against Power Five and Big Ten team, but I just want to come out of the game healthy, and I want to get come out of the game with a great learning opportunity, right? Yes. So. Mm-hmm. And now I left. I have not talked about one game specifically from my recovery schedule, and that's UAB. And the reason being is I have no idea what UAB is. Oh going man, to be. right? What a like interesting I, story. I there. have looked in. Read up and down the Phil still two pages of UAB, and I'm still completely clueless as to what that team. I think is everyone like. is I, right. You know, uh, yeah, I think so. You know, most people have them because it, 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 when when you have that sort of I don't know feeling, a lot of people will just say, okay, well they're going to probably be bad, and they just kind of push them down in their standings. And you see that in Phil still, right? I think he has them near the bottom, or at least in the lower third or lower half of their conference and i don't know i mean trent dilfer is a super bowl winning (laughs) is a super bowl winning uh quarterback he obviously knows football um has spent the last three or four years at the uh, high school ranks elite high school level Um, private school you know kind of like what Deion sanders did before going to jackson state 
similar kind of trajectory there. Um, also a talker, right? Uh, but yeah, but, he's a talker. He's a recruiter. He's a recruiter. He's a recruiter. Yeah. So like, say all the right things, sugarcoat some things, win win kids over, yep. right? But that's going to take some time. Um, I don't think he's had the influx of talent that Dion immediately kind of got at Jackson State that kind of bolted him to like must see status, yeah. right? And then ultimately led to the Colorado mm-hmm. job. Um, so. My opinion on it is like could be a, a flat out failure from the start, right? Um, but I think if success is there, I don't think it's going to be overnight. I think it's going to take time, and I think they're going to have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm not saying that they can't beat us. They beat us last year. I think they have the talent. They yeah. obviously lost the the running back that was so good. Um, so you know they're going to have to have some key replacements there. I think it'll probably be end up being a close game. I would give us the edge in that game just because it's at home. Um, but you know, ask me when you know, ask me the week of, <laughs> right when we do the preview. How are we? Yeah, how are we kind of progressing yeah. going into that game? Yeah. Yeah, I need to see how we look against the Citadel, and I re- and I forget who UAB uh, UAB UAB plays um, before us. I think it's a FCS school, uh, and. Let me watch how they play against them, and I'll have North, a North Carolina A and T. Yeah, which I believe okay. is the HBCU. I believe it's actually a yes. pretty decent one. Decent. Um, yes, I, I think is. they actually made the FCS playoffs last year, or came close, or they were in the Holiday Bowl, or something like that. But um, yeah, that celebration celebration bowl. bowl. There you go. Um, so so yeah, so that that'd be interesting, right? And I, I think they have given you know some FBS teams a run for their money in the past, if I remember correctly. So, so yeah, that, that definitely will be telling. I'll definitely tune into that one. ESPN plus. But I mean, I don't, I have no clue about what UAB is going to be. I, I would just give us the edge because it's at home. And I would say that it's a must win because it's a home game. Yeah. Um, so that would be my two, two logics on that. I, ideally, I think we should be three and one coming out of the out of conference. If we're two and two, let's just say UAB is just something that nobody expected. Okay. Yeah. So that'd be the but two losses we, of Wisconsin and UAB. Yeah. I agree. UAB, I, I think yeah. three and one is, is probably realistic. Um, I think if we were to find a way to beat Wisconsin, we probably have a letdown against like UAB or maybe even Ball State on the road. Um, who knows? Like get too yeah. confident. Um, I think four and oh is probably too optimistic. Um but it is. but yeah, I, I think three and one is is realistic. Um but yeah. yeah. So no, no, I and yeah, like I said, that's that's for out of conference and I think that's just uh I like I, I like the play the four games at a conference at the very front end of your schedule. Yeah, you don't you, you like, avoid the I trap hate, game, especially for a group of five school, yeah. right? Because I feel like yeah. if you if you face like a FCS school, like late in the season, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Or, you know, maybe they're like trending up, um, well, you know, you catch them I at a bad time. Even, yeah. To me, worse than that is playing the P5. The P5. At the end of the school yeah. Year, right. Or the end of the schedule, you know, that, that, you know, week before rivalry week, you know, you're playing a P5. You know, as as I'm much, bad, as I'm much as you could sneak of. up on them, they could also just destroy you. Right. You are yeah, just in could. their path. <laughs> um, and yeah. So, and and maybe that's just nightmares from 2015 when we play UGA and then lost the state <laughs> right after right, that. That's true. Yeah. But uh, no, I just I I like how the 
school has the last few years um, just front loaded the out of conference schedule in September and then we're done with it and it's off to the conference. I agree. You can solely just focus on the conference because I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, that a conference, I don't want to say don't matter, but you know, I mean like obviously it doesn't matter for the goal of division title and, you know, conference title. Um, certainly, you know, to get more than that, right. And, and get a, a prestigious bowl and, and get the um, new year six bowl. Um, you, you have to probably go undefeated in those games. If, if not at a um, yeah. right, uh, go, go three or one at an absolute worst. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if, if we can escape with, you know, three, one record out of that loss to Wisconsin, especially if it's like a close ish loss and then take care of business out of the conference schedule that obviously sets us up really well, right. To be in position there at the end of the year. And yeah, I agree. I, I like, I like having it front loaded. So, um, moving on to conference play, September 30th, we kick off some conference play against East division. Um, maybe becoming a rival coastal foe. Carolina foe. Um, uh, they, I think probably think of us more as, as a rival, um, than we do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the dance battle, Cody, uh, coastal Carolina, get them at home. Um, cl- <laughs> close one last year, right? Heartbreaker. Obviously the, <clears throat> the guy leaping over us, all that, like, you know, we, we had it in the bag. Yeah. Um, let it, let it slip. Um, well, it gets to the defense of, of you played defense for three quarters, and then the last quarter, you, there's none. Um, and I think we had a drive or two that stalled in the, uh, I don't know, I, I blocked that game out of my memory because I was so frustrated with that one. Yeah. We shouldn't have lost that game. Anyways, go ahead. Go with your spiel. Sorry. Oh, no. Spiel is just kind of going to, I guess, we'll, we'll kind of take it month by month, right? So, like, uh, th- that closes out September, Coastal Carolina, October. You've got James Madison on the road. Obviously, we get the win um, at home last year, knocking them out of the top 25, uh, followed by ULM, October 21st. Uh, that's homecoming. Um, so obviously home game for that. Uh, followed up with another home game Thursday night game against Georgia state. I believe the first Thursday night game ever against Georgia state. Um, I think that's right. I don't remember ever playing them on Thursday before. I don't know. Um, that I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> I think I it, certainly most of them obviously have been on Saturday, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's the first time. Um, played, obviously, App State. Uh, played Texas State a couple times on Thursday. Um, yeah, so anyway, <clears throat> get them on October 26th. Uh, I'll interject here, like, that's a, that's a must win, right? Like, I, we, we cannot lose to them again yeah, for a fourth time. Yeah, I, yeah we, we have to win that game. You know, it, I, I hate to say that there's a... a any sort of game on here that would put um, Helton and company on the hot seat, but that game could very well do it. If we lose to that game, there's going to be a lot of mad, mad fans. I think um, there'll be a lot of mad fans. I don't know if he'll actually be on the hot seat. I, I agree. I get it. I, I get so. I, I think, think it just so. depends on what we're doing, right? If, if, if we come into that, um, what that's, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, if we come to that like six and one and we lose to, to Georgia state, um, yeah, there's going to be pissed off fans. I don't think he's going to be a hot seat. You know, I don't think Banco is going to be like, 
you know, firing up the the, the, the lighter. So like, I, I I'm not saying that that, but there'll be a, there'll be a, a large section that of are fans pissed. Yeah, because we're just tired of yeah. losing to them. Like it, it just can't happen. But certainly, yeah, if things aren't going well, by you know, if we don't fare well in our conference play, we get out of that two and two or worse, right? And then we lose to Coastal and lose to JMU. We get a win against ULM and then lose to Georgia State. Yeah, I mean that that certainly. Um, you know, could, could, uh, uh, expedite things. Right. So, um, that's October 26th, uh, that closes out October, um, then November, right, Cody. So this is something we talked about before recording, um, obviously wasn't, um, a high mark of Lunsford, uh, and just in one year, small sample size with Helton, not a high mark of him, how we close out seasons, right. Um, start strong, pretty good middle of the year struggle limp to the finish. Right. Um, yeah. And certainly saw it last year, one and three finish limped into the final game against app state, took them to double overtime, won that game at home. Um, kept them out of the bowl, got to a bowl with that. Certainly don't want to be in that position, right. Where our, our backs are against the wall just to like, keep our postseason hopes alive um and that really comes down to yeah how how we close it out um in those in those final four games in november so we close out this season um three on the road right um so for the question of like what's the toughest stretch I'll go ahead and answer that. I'm obviously. sure you agreed with me. It's November, yeah, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, yes. it's the end of the year. So November 4th at Texas state, um, Marshall on the road, never played good. We there. never play good. Yeah. We never play good there, even though we have never lost. I believe we never played good there. Correct. Um, we've never played good there. And, uh, and usually it's like on midweek game. This is on a Saturday, but um, Marshall uh, <clears throat> on November 11th, um, they are not even a sleeper. Like, I mean, I, I think a lot of people um, were recording this before the Sunbelt um, uh, media days, right? But, I, you know, I think a lot of people are going to have them close to the top in the East, you know, to contend uh, for division title, um, get them on the road. Obviously, they throttled us last year. Uh, our sole home game um, of the final stretch in November is against Old Dominion. Um, potential trap game there, right? Again, close game last year up there in Norfolk. You never know what could happen. They're probably going to be projected to finish, if not at the bottom of the division, close to it, right? Or right there with Georgia State, probably. Yeah. Um, and then close out um, as has become. Uh, tradition here the last couple of years against app state playing them up in Boone, November 25th, terrible time to play in Boone. <laughs> right? It's going to be, it's just going to be awful weather, right? It's, it's going to be snowing uh, or sleeting or raining, you know, cold rain, high winds. Um, I, it, they haven't announced a time, but it's probably going to be like a seven or eight o'clock game because they hate us. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be like against the elements. Um, traditionally the home team wins that rivalry. Um, it's going to be super tough. Uh, even though I think both of us are in agreement that app state is going to kind of continue where they were last year and not be the app state of old, um, and, and, and struggle a bit. Right. Ooh. Yeah, I I think it, it, look, here's my you know, 
<laughs> overall thoughts on the East Division is that you can look at every team and make a case as to how they can win the division. Maybe except for Old Dominion, but Old Dominion to me is a wild card. They have a new offensive coordinator. They have the uh, the quarterback um, with which the offensive coordinator was at last year, kind of um, uh, FCS at Fordham. They had a whole, I think they averaged like 50 points a game. Uh, so they have a new offense. They have a new quarterback. Um, they could light it up. Now, I don't know how their defense is going to be, but they could light it up. You could also look at every team and make an argument as to how they can finish last. You just can. You can look at Coastal and say they have a new head coach, new offense coordinator, their best defensive player left. Offensive players, highly likely gone. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's – we can sit here and say that we think App State is going to probably take a step back um, with their, you know, a new quarterback. They obviously have new defensive coaches. Um, who we will not name on this podcast, but they are there, and uh, you know, you know them. <laughs> don't know, you, you know, know them. you know them. <laughs> um, you know, but do they have receivers? You know, they have their running backs, but you know, are they gonna take the step to where they have been, or they continue to stay kind of in that mediocre range? And and I think. We're hoping that they stay in the mediocre range, if not just fall off the cliff and, and go rock bottom. Um, it's a, I mean, it's about time, right? Like, they, like it's about they, time that they face time. that. Like, we we face. And I think they have them, yeah. a new offensive. Do they have? And I think they have a new offensive coordinator too. So there's a lot of changes up on the mountaintop. Yes. And you look at you know us new defensive changes. You look at Coastal. I already said them. You go to who else? Uh, Marshall has a new defensive coordinator. Uh, Georgia State I think has a new is Georgia State. I think they have a new offensive coordinator. Well, on just on top of that, it, every year people think, well, this is the year they take the right. next step, and they never yep. do. They they fall right back to where they've kind of been. So you have James Madison, which a lot of people are wanting to say, is this their sophomore slump? Well, I don't know because their whole cotton or their whole coaching staff is is the same. They've had continuity there for years, and. Much me, tougher schedule. They, they, much tougher schedule. Much tougher schedule. But they're they're still a good football team, and I don't see why they couldn't come out and win, even though they they have a new quarterback and they have not eligible, they lost not some eligible of their best again. Players. So you know, could be a situation not eligible again, where it's just like last year. But they you know have the best, they're top of the standings, but can't get to the championship game. Yeah. yeah. So it's a real crapshoot as to who anybody think is going to win this vision and if anybody tells you that they're for sure they have confidence in whoever they're full of oh, because yeah. i don't think you can look at this and, and 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 really give any sort of prediction that you feel good about um but that to me signals that we have a pretty decent shot i mean if everybody's kind of in the same boat of uncertainty and nobody really knows who's really the best and then to me that at least gives us a shot to that maybe this could be the year we make a real good push and challenge for the division um and and with eyes of setting ourselves up for 2024 where you know now we're playing for a playoff spot because that's the first year they expand the playoff in college football so we'll see how this kind of all lays out matt i agree with you the november part of the schedule is is hell um it's three on the road we don't play well on the road even Helton's overall schedule is just one game, I think, above 500 or one game below 500. 
Um, Texas State is the one that scares me the most. Yeah, I agree, especially following Georgia that's, State that's at the end the of October, right? Yeah, because if, yeah. if you have yeah, another letdown, if you have another letdown, losing them for fourth time in a row at home on Thursday night, then have a long week to dwell on that, and then go to San Marcos, Texas, and you lose that, season's over. I mean, season yeah, is over. That one. is a tough one. Um, and they have a good, and they have a whole change over there. Oh yeah, too, they, they got State. they got the they, new they, the new coach, still super young guy, one of the youngest uh, FBS head coaches. Players, but came from Incarnate Word, right? That like took them to Word, Word or Incarnate Word. Um, to, to, <laughs> took them to uh, FCS semifinals, right? Um, in a team that you never really heard of right uh, and uh, i mean it, it's it sounds like a church not a not a university and um and and yeah and and, and they lit it up last year at the at the fcs level um obviously you know we've seen that work uh, you know going to a group of five um but we've seen it fail as well or or take a long time to kind of have the same results so it will be interesting to see you know he's a texas guy he knows the state well um i i i've said this before right like texas state was my sleeper team last year it didn't happen spavital uh left right um never could really get it done I think they could be like a sleeping giant in the West, right? Um, and it's going to take time. They've got great facilities. They're obviously in a recruiting hotbed. If they get the right coach that you know can start recruiting, especially at the high school level, and building that from the ground up rather than just relying on the, the transfer portal like the previous coach did, I think that could be – a powerhouse school in the Sun Belt in the next five, 10 years. Um, it's just, it's just going to take yeah. time. Right. Um, but, but they're, they're positioned to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think we kind of covered the East. Um, I guess, yeah, let's go, let's go with predictions. I know you just said like, if anyone is like sure thing, this is what's going to happen. They're full of it. I agree with that, <laughs> but let's 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 just put it out there. Right? Like what 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 yeah, are our predictions? I will, I will lead with this. If we can go three and one in the first four games of conference, that sets us up well, right? If our only loss is to James Madison, I think that sets us up well. Um, I think that's possible. Coastal, I'm not sold on Coastal. I know Grayson McCall came back. I know they still have some weapons there. I'm just not sold on it. We've seen we've seen this before in which a team had a lot of talent coming back, but they had a new coaching staff and things didn't go well. We've experienced that firsthand 2016. Yep, I agree. Um, ULM, yes, Terry Bowden has done a decent job or really a good job trying to get that program competitive. Um, in the conference, he had some upsets last year. I think he beat App State. I think they had a very close call against Coastal, uh, where I think they nearly beat them. Uh, but that's when they play teams at home. Um, I think their record on the road is like 1-13. We luckily get them here in Statesboro. That should be a win. You mentioned the state game, Georgia State yep. game. I think we win that I one. Agree. We have to win that I agree. one. I just, I'm just, I'm not even thinking about the possibility. I think we, we just have to win that game. If we, if Texas we, State if we lose that game, regardless of hot seat and all this other stuff, just like I, I understand that, like 
everything's not interconnected, right? Like it's week to week type deal. Like I, I get the coach speak thing, right? Yeah. But let's let's be honest. Like if we lose that game to Georgia State, we're not winning the division. We're not winning the division. No, no, no. no. Like like no, it, and it's we're not. like and I'm not saying like oh well like that could be our only like conference loss. I'm just saying like if we lose that game for a fourth year in a row, we're not in a position. We're not good enough to win the division. Period. Um, so yeah, that's, that's just a must win. That that's my must win on, on yeah. the schedule. Um, so, <clears throat> but yeah, I think, and then you get into the November, right? And then you have Texas state, which we just talked about yet at Marshall Old Dominion and at Pap state. So our away schedule for our conference is really, really tough. You go to the, the mountains three times with app James Madison and, and Marshall. And then you got to go to the, the furthest Western point yeah. we got, which is San yeah. Marcos. Uh, it's tough. Um, I think we finished third mm. in the, in the division. Um, I think we finished behind James Madison and, and Marshall. Marshall. That's in that the, order. You know, I think that's the best case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me think. I think uh, James Madison is. I need to go see whoever where they play at real quick. Um, it's at Marshall, so I may put Marshall. Yeah, Mar- Marshall's my pick. Ma- Ma- Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, probably, so I would Marshall wins the division, in my opinion. I think we're the sleeper. I'm trying to take bias out of that. I do think like if all the things we talked about this episode and last come to fruition. And we can realize that potential. I think we can play that sleeper role. Um, I think the obviously game against Marshall is going to be key. The game against James Madison, while they're not eligible for a division title in a spot in the championship game, um, that game on October fourteenth, obviously important too because it still counts I in think the standings. It's big that we beat them. Yeah, it still counts in the standings, and, 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 and yeah. not just well, it's not just for that, but to me, just a psychological thing with them. Right, like they came in there and they kind of puffed their chest did their thing yeah. last year, and they puffed their chest, and we beat them, um, and and really outscored them. They were, you know, this great defense was a great defense. They had a fantastic defense, and we put up forty five points on them. I think if we go up there and do the same thing and beat them like that in the same fashion, I think there's going to be a lot of psychology aspects going on for them to work. Can we beat? It them? will be a humbling experience, us? right? I mean, they they, they yeah. needed to be humbled last year. They need like this is. Arguably the best group of five conference now, um, right? With yeah. with the changing American, um, it's I think without question the toughest division or most competitive, compelling division. Most competitive in, right, division in in group of five. Football. And probably all of football. Yeah, but yeah, possibly in all of football. Certainly in group of five. Um, and yeah, I think Jamie you need to be. Brought down to reality. Still a great program. So a lot of tradition, a lot of history, um, and and certainly a lot of potential, without a doubt. Right. Um, love their addition to the conference. Great addition to the conference. Um, hoping to go to that game, possibly. Beautiful part of the country. Um, great fan base. Uh, super passionate. Um, you know, but yeah, they need to know like they can't just come in here and. Um, and knock people around, right? <laughs> like, like it's, it's going to be a tough draw exactly. every week. Um, and, and we, we proved that last year and I agree. I, I think that's, I think that's a key one. And then November 11th, if we can take care of November 11th, um, at Marshall, I think that's really going to be the key, um, to, you know, can, 
do we have an actual shot at at winning this thing? Um, and yeah. and because again, I I do think they're the 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 team to beat. That doesn't mean that we obviously can have a letdown against Georgia State or ULM or Coastal yeah. or uh, Old Dominion or App or any of those, right? But like um, those two, October fourteenth against JMU, eleventh November eleventh against Marshall. Those are the two games that stand out the most to me in the conference schedule. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. And I will say this. I know that people may be mad that I'm saying that they're going to be third in division. Um, I say this knowing that I believe that in the 2024 season is where we're trying to actually get to and where we're trying to peak. I think 2024 is a season that we make a real push for not only the division. New Year's Six. But for the conference. Or not New Year's Six, for, for a playoff spot. A, a spot for, for, playoff the, spot. for the playoff. I think, I think that has been the plan all along. Yeah, I agree. And so I think this year is mainly a push. It's a roll the die, stack the deck, see where we're at, it's evaluate. A, it's a push yeah. to get it. You know, we got to we got to November last year. We were, what, five and three. Um, overall, at that point, we were in a spot to where if we had a thing or two go our way, if we had won those last ball games, we had we could have put ourselves in a position to maybe get into the conference championship game. I think this year, the goal is when we get into these last two three weeks, that it's not that we're hoping that things fall our way; it's that if we can win out, we will be there. Yeah. I just don't know based on the last three to four seasons, do we have what it takes to? finish the season and finish it strong and instead of going one and four or one and three in November, can we actually go three and one, yeah. if not four and oh in November? I think with it being three away games, I don't think that's possible. It could be, but it is it's it's not looking like it right now. I think it has to be so, if we want a shot, right? If 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 we want yeah, to be oh yeah, it has to be you know a contender, a shot, not a pretender, like we have to um, close it out strong, but it's going to be super tough to do it. I agree about the 2024 yes. thing. I think we have been working on that all along. I think Helton, that's been kind of in the, in the back of his mind, I think um, the, right? Yeah. That is probably somewhat of the end game, even if it means the end of him, right? Like if he gets us to a playoff, he's probably going to have his like pick yeah. of, of where he wants to go from that point. But I think a lot of people will agree that with the expanded uh, 12 team playoff starting in 2024, that yeah, the Sun Belt is in great position for the champion of that league um, to make it into the playoff, uh, right? Yes. So um, yeah, like yeah, how are we projecting complete face left of the the defense? Get some continuity in the quarterback room. Get some depth there. Get your like two, three year starter there, possibly JC French, right? Um, and and yeah, let's let's make some noise in twenty twenty four. However, we obviously want to, <laughs> we 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 don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. We want to win this year. Um, and yeah, I think we we covered what it will take to do that, but it's definitely going to be a tall task. So um, yes. with that, I guess close it out. We didn't really touch on the West much. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously the two teams that everyone is talking about two horse race, right? (laughs) Troy and South Alabama, um, really came down to that head head to head matchup last year that Troy got the best of, of South Alabama. Obviously, um, we, uh, yeah, lost to South Alabama last year. Um, 
and did not uh, face Troy. Um, luckily, we don't face either of them this year. We get arguably the two worst teams out of the West Division in Texas State and and ULM. Um, so pretty good draw, right? Of the of the two teams that you could get, even though. Um, you know, uh, I don't think Texas State will be considered the worst team when the season's over. With I just, don't. I don't think they will. I think ULM probably will. But like, uh, you know, I I would love to have those reverse right face ULM. I know you made the comment that they play well at home, but face ULM in Monroe and then get Texas State at home. I would feel much better about that matchup um, with the West Division, but. Uh, as far as draws go, like JMU, I believe they play both Troy and South Alabama. Um, so, yeah. so you know, like, yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, so two-horse race, Louisiana, former kind of power there in the West. Um, I think they're starting to slip. I think they're kind of on a similar trajectory as App State, where they're they're no longer that golden boy, right? <laughs> like um, they they get the 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 new coach, um, the hometown guy, the hometown hero, very much like uh, you know the App State coach, and like we kind of had with Lunsford. Um, and I think they're seeing that like that doesn't always work out, right? <laughs> um, I'm not saying that they're gonna have like. A terrible year. I just don't think they're really a contender in the West. Um, so yeah, I, I really think it's between Troy um, and South Alabama. And I'm gonna go with my pick last year, Cody. I, you know, I, I picked both of those teams as my sleepers. Right? No, no one really had them um, being up there. A lot of people were picking Louisiana. Um, I think South Alabama gets it done. I think they take that next step. I, I think Troy. Is still a very good team. Um, they lose Carlton Marshall, leading tackler, all-time leading tackler, right in NCAA. Um, I think their defense takes a step back, not a big step back, but a step back. Um, still not sure they have what it takes on on offense consistently enough to get it done. Um, again, they have a very good season. Certainly a bowl team, probably in that like eight to ten win range. Um, but I think South Alabama is just a smidge better. Um, and they come out of the West. I think it's a toss-up. Um, I just looked real quick. South Alabama has James Madison and Marshall out of the East, whereas Troy has uh, Georgia State and, oh my gosh, I just lost it, James Madison. So I would say I would maybe give the edge to Troy on the cross-conference scheduling. And then they, they host South Alabama, so they get South Alabama at Troy. Um, Troy has less consistency from last year's team than South Alabama does. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a coin flip for me. Troy or South Alabama, one of those two teams will win it. I, I don't know. I think I'm going to lean with you and say South Alabama as well. I could really see Troy – winning it out based on that they don't have to play Marshall, that they get Georgia State, and that they get to host South Alabama when they play over the season. If Troy wins again, the coach is gone, right? Summerall's gone. Like, he has to be. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Um, I think, yeah, they would. Yeah, I think so. I mean, two two years doing, what, 11-1 or 12-1, yeah. Conference championship first year of what was a middle of the packer or worst team. And then, yeah, you can replicate that and do it again. Like, I think he has the pick of the letter at that point of P5 yeah, jobs. Yeah, he does. Um, and then, uh, you know, and, and really same, not, not same for South Alabama, but like, 
uh, it'd probably take like another year. Right. But, um, but yeah, like I said, I, I, I love that hire for them. Um, they got the new stadium, like they are definitely an up and coming program, not just in the Sun Belt, but in all a group of five. Um, and yeah, I think they're going to be reckoned with. So going to be a really interesting race, um, but definitely a two horse race, like you said. Yeah, two horse race. Um, Southern Miss and Texas State may make some noise out of the West, but I don't see them jumping up and continuing. My sleeper would be Southern Miss, as- um, but they're they're okay. very much in the same boat as a Texas State. I think they're a step ahead because they have one year under Will Hall, right? Their coach, I think, an, another great hire. I think they're on the right trajectory, um, but I think they're still a year or two away from being from getting out of that like pretender role. Like I think they could, I think they could be a disruptor, right? I think them and Texas state could be a disruptor. Like they could potentially beat Troy in South Alabama, um, right. And, and throw a wrench in things, um, you know, out of the, uh, East division, uh, foes that they, they face the, including us, right. With, with Texas state, they could throw a wrench in that. Um, so I, th- I think they can definitely play that like spoiler disruptor role, um, this year. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think Southern miss is a step ahead of Texas state, but both, programs i feel are, are headed in the right direction which is going to shape up in in 2024 and beyond the west division is is i mean it's going to be just as competitive i think in in the next couple years as the east is now and overall it could be even more talented right um than than the east division it has the potential now, yeah. yeah yeah uh and then you get louisiana and arkansas state which you would have thought that would have been like the last two teams that you would consider talking about when talking about the west division um but again those two teams they they will put up a fight they're there's they're not a, a team that you can sleep on um louisiana is looking to do better than what they did last year they finished the season six and seven kind of like we did uh, and then you have Arkansas State that is looking to get back to their dominance of the Sun Belt as they had in years past uh, under, was it Butch Butch Red Jones? Jones. Um, so we'll see. I think they're still probably two years away with Butch Jones. I just think he Does just he did, have two more still, years? I don't know. I would think so. Yeah. I, I, I think I think they I think they at least give him four. This is what, his second? No, Third. First, first or no. Is this his third, third year? year? No, it's definitely his third year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, well, then, then yeah, maybe he has just one more year. Because Arkansas State's always been so, that revolving door, right? Because he has success and been. Gus Malzahn yeah. and all that, you know, and, and they produce the, the P5 coaches where it's like with one that takes longer for whatever reason, do they give him that long leash? Yeah, I see. I thought this was his year too. But, no, if it's his third year, they may just let him – See how he does. If they're not a bowl team this year, I think he's. I think he's on the hot seat to to be released. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't know. I I don't think Arkansas State really competes. I think they're more competing to just finish six and six. Yeah, they're reaching for bowl eligibility for sure. Maybe maybe get an upset win right over or Troy and uh, Troy or South Alabama. Um, I think that's pretty much what. Yeah, they're. Their ceiling is yeah. probably like six, seven wins, similar to our ceiling last year. Yeah, I would. 
Which is a great... Yeah, I'd put them at maybe six. Yeah. Which yeah. is a great segue. Uh, Are you done with the West? <laughs> you still... Uh, yeah. I guess so. No, I was going to say, I think Louisiana... I don't want to say that they're a 6-6 six and six team. I think they can probably... I think they're vouching for probably eight wins. But I just don't see them in the same tier as South Alabama or Troy at this point. Yeah. So let's... Wow, we're 30 minutes in. So let's wrap it up mm. with what people... Maybe are looking for. They probably don't care, because um, again, what do we know? But <laughs> what it's the prediction episode. What are your predictions for how Georgia Southern finishes in the twenty twenty three season? Ooh, that's a great question. Why don't you go first and answer your own question? Right, I'll I'll start with a range and I'll get more specific because I don't want to do do like a cop out, right? Okay. But like everything we talked about, um, I think our floor this year is higher than it was last year. I think obviously we had different expectations for our floor this point last year. Um, yours was much lower than mine. I think yours was like three wins, <laughs> um, maybe even two at one point, uh, where your ceiling was more in that like six win range. Uh, my ceiling last year was that like seven, uh, range. Um, obviously we finished with six wins, I think our, our our floor this year is just a bit above that. I think like anything less than seven wins for me would be a disappointment. But I think it's really. Yes. But I okay. think there's not a huge gap between that and the ceiling. I think the ceiling is probably nine wins. I don't think. I don't really see a scenario where we get to 10. Obviously, I would love for that. I would love for 12 and 0. Um, but realistically, I think we're a 7 to 9 win team. Um, I think if we can do all of the things that we talked about, if the defense can get in that 70 to 80 range in, in, in total defense and those key defensive categories, if the offense can closely replicate. Um, what we did last year, certainly if they're better, um, I think an eight and four record in the regular season is possible. Um, that's kind of my gut on on overall record. Does eight and four get it done? Yeah, right. Thinking that we're probably going to be three and one um, in non conference, right? Which which means we lose three conference games. Do we win the division with three conference losses? Probably not. No, you know, so no. <clears throat> I think that's still a disappointment. My goal, obviously, is to win the division, right? Get a spot in the championship game and see what happens. Um, I think in order to do that, we have to at least get to nine wins, um, regardless of, of how the out-of-conference schedule shakes out, right? Um, <clears throat> so yeah. that would realistically probably put us in the two-loss, you know, category, Um Maybe one loss category if we go undefeated out of conference play. Um, you know, I think if we can get to nine, certainly 10 wins, um, all of a sudden you're talking about reaching that, uh, yeah, reaching that main goal that everyone wants of let's let's compete for, for a division title and a championship. Gotcha. Um, at Wisconsin, at James Madison – at Marshall, at App State. I don't know. I think those are games you can easily see us losing those four games right there. 
um, I put I put our floor at like five, right? Not saying that I'm happy with five, but our those four road games are very tough, um, very tough environments to go and win. We were two and four last year on the road, uh, and I thought our road schedule last year was pretty pretty mild, um, considering that we had Marshall, James Madison, App all at the our place, as well as South Alabama, so. I I just the road the who we play on the road is what's concerning me the most. Um, if we can somehow go three and three on the road, and then four and two, that would be great. I just don't see that happening. Um, but we'll see. I think the floor is five. I think the ceiling's eight. Ceiling's eight. Okay. So so ceiling yours is a bigger gap, right? So like ceiling not. Um, four off from mine at, at nine. Yeah. Um, but okay. But, but my, my kind of average there at eight is, is your ceiling. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean that, yeah, that that's, uh, we haven't talked about this before. So that's the first time I heard yours. First time you heard mine. No, um, it's about what I expected. Um, you know, I think I'm more, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I am opt- optimistic going into this. Um, yeah, I, I think another six and six season would be, and certainly depending on how we finish and closing out, if we like limp limp to the finish again, that's going to be a huge disappointment. Obviously, if we miss a bowl game altogether, it's going to be a huge disappointment. Um, I, yeah. I well, as tough as the schedule is, um, certainly in like who we face when and and the the teams we face on the road and when we face them on the road, um, I, I just think we have to take that next step. I just, I, I just, we, yeah, we, we have do. To. And that's the weird thing, right? I think overall our schedule isn't as bad as what we've had in years past, but the road schedule, especially those four games that I just pointed out are really tough games to win on the road at really great venues that have a great home fan base that have that those teams play yeah, well. At their, Ab, at James Madison, yeah. The yeah, big, the biggest hope is that so, like if app is just struggling, if they've let go of their coach at that point, you know, is that yeah. not as, you know, crazy of an environment there in late November? Correct. Yeah. Jay's Madison, Correct. October so 14th, think, probably going to be at that point, right? Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. James Madison is going to be crazy. Wisconsin will be crazy. I think we have to go three and one. Um, I think we we really need to push for going undefeated at home. I don't see a game at home I agree that, with that we should yeah. lose. We should beat Citadel. We should beat UAB. I think we should beat Coastal. Definitely should beat ULM and Georgia State as well as Old Dominion. I don't see that's where and, and that's tough to say, right? Because to say that we need to go undefeated at home, um, that's a hard thing to ask. But I think it's realistic though. It, Again, you, if we want to achieve what, what is, everyone yeah, wants to is. achieve and win the division, like with that yeah, lineup, you go got to. Them. You just have to do it. Yeah. So again, I, I those four away games is what scared me the most. And you know, if you lose that one at Wisconsin, you're three and one um, at a conference. If you use a three that I just said in conference play, that puts you at five and three, and that probably puts you in third um, in the division. And then I know I said the floor was, f- I mean, yeah, the floor is five. That's just because I don't know what's going to happen with Texas State. I don't know what's going to happen with Georgia State. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. You know, who knows? Who knows what will happen? with with app down there at the end of the season and you don't know you know how coastal carolina could actually be better than what they were in jamie chadwell i think this is a small <laughs> possibility 
But again, they have Grayson McCall. He has been really great the last three yeah. years. I don't think he just drops off like a rock. But I don't know if they had the same production that they had under Jamie Chadwell. So I I kind of keep that one in limbo. I think we should win it. But uh, again, maybe, if we if we you know, lose to Georgia year, State and Texas State in back to back games, we close out November with yeah. probably one win against Old Dominion. That's it, right? Like you're probably yeah. right. So so like I get those are two vital games for us. Um, not even like trap games. They're just like that to me. They're they're both must wins. Um, if, if we want to achieve what we want to achieve. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it's not going to set us up well where those other games are even going to matter at that point. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah, what does that do to kind of the morale of the team going up to Huntington, West Virginia, face Marshall, face an old Dominion at home and then going to the mountain to close out the season. Yeah. So, and you know, our, and, and to me, this is where I would really challenge the defense because if we want to win those away games, our defense has got to step they it have up. To. I mean, they just yeah. do. If if they don't, those are going to be really hard games to win. So, you know, it's uh, it. This should be a fun season to watch in terms of the competition and the teams in our division. I just don't like it because I would much rather be on this podcast saying. We should easily go twelve and zero and thirteen and zero, and we should be. Doing it's just not the reality of the summer. I don't think any team realistically no, it's can not. say that anymore. Nobody right? can. Like nope. teams are going to. You're going to have James Madison fans that are going to say it. You're going to have Marshall fans that are going to say it. You're going to have App State fans as bad as they were <laughs> last year. They're going to say it. Um, and then and now you're starting to get with Troy and South Alabama. I think they're still too kind of new to the idea of being good. Troy's obviously been there before. South Alabama hasn't. Um, but, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I think they're still, like, humble, <laughs> right? Uh, where, um, where yeah. yeah, these others, even James Madison as the newcomers, like, yeah, you know, like, we can do it. But I think the realistic fan knows that, like, like you said, it's it's a crapshoot. It's a dice roll. Like, it's, it's anybody's game. Um, and... Yeah, it's it's all going to come down to just how each game plays out. Um, could come down to a couple calls. Could come down to you know um, key plays, one score games. That's probably what's going to happen, yeah. right? Um, it's not certainly in the East. Like there, there is, like you said, no front runner. There really isn't. Um, yeah, the, the parity between the the teams yeah. is, is all time high. Outside of maybe old. Yeah, maybe outside yeah. of Old Dominion, but the parity is there. And like I said, there's a lot of question marks with a lot of teams, not just ours. So who can best address the changes? Who can adapt more quickly? And who can come better prepared into the fall camp? It will, will I think, determine this Honestly, I like so, it, though, right? Like, you look back, only conference uh, yeah. championship we've won since being FBS 2014, a four-conference championship game. You know, uh, battle it out, um, hang on to win against ULM. We're there. We rushed the field. It was a great feeling. Um, hoist a trophy. But that was a much different Sunbelt. It was a completely different Sunbelt. Yes, it right? was. Um, we came in. It was the, the very, I don't want to say even playing ground, uh, 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 yeah, playing field, but like it was way closer than it is now with FCS. I know James Madison did what they did last year, um, and they were just completely dominant, right, at the FCS level to to, to close out that run. Um, but 
the um yeah there's way more parody now like you're just not gonna see those like beatings that we saw like playing idaho and playing new mexico state and play right um so like like every week is going to be a battle um and that's yep. that's for every team um and it's just yeah can can we rise to the occasion i i honestly as as like frustrating as it can be as intimidating as it can be i love it right like it's because it does create for like must-see tv um as fun as like 2014 was it got to a point right where you went in you you expected to win every game just like our fcs days where you expected to go in and hang up 50 points on everybody just running down their throat mm-hmm. right um yep. you don't know what's gonna happen every saturday um uh, now and then that applies again across the board um and i i love that you know um yeah it, it just creates for for great college football um so yeah hopefully we can rise to the occasion i think again i think we can be better than last year i'm not sure if we can take that next step i do think we're building to 2024 but obviously like the fans that's they're not gonna be happy with that right they, they want to win now um and they want to realize the potential and they want to come away with at least a division title if not a Sunbelt Conference Championship. So, yeah, and it's past due for that. I mean, honestly, it's past due for us to be to be making noise in the division and in and to bring home some hardware that's not a, you know, just a bowl game. I want a conference championship. I want us to to have bragging rights over everybody. Um and, and to say that the, and I think you saw that last year, right? Like not, not good attendance at the Camellia Bowl. Eight years. Like not not Nine good years. attendance at yeah. the Camellia Bowl. Obviously, terrible experience there. We never got into that, right? <laughs> With the city of Montgomery. No, and all the that. attendance there for the bowl. Oh was yeah, that's good. true. The, the, the attendance, attendance from, was, our from our side was, was good. good. Buffalo, obviously, they had weather and stuff, so nothing nothing against them on that. Um, the city obviously wasn't prepared, but but you're right. Like you heard murmurings from our fan base when it's like, oh another camellia bowl. And certainly if that happens again, after last year's experience, like the bad fan experience, they're not going to want to go back there. Right. So like, um, yeah, like we, we just want more like a conference championship game. Even if we're not hosting it, like that to me is more appealing than another camellia bowl or another, you know, whatever GoDaddy bowl is now kind of thing. Right. Um, unless it's like a new one, like we haven't been to before Myrtle beach or Frisco or Boca Raton, something like that, that could potentially be exciting. Um, but yeah, we want something different. What's more different than conference championship game that we've never been in. Um, so correct. Yeah. Let's get it done, Cody. So with that, we'll end part two. Um, shout out again to our title sponsor, uh, can cut, go check them out. K N K U T.com. Um, premium high quality made in the U S of a drill bits, um, and cutting tools. Uh, if it applies to you, if it applies to someone, you know, go check them out. Can cut.com K N K U T. Um, and with that, Cody, we'll, we'll probably have a part three to this where, um, we wrap up maybe some things and certainly break down uh, the Citadel game, right? Uh, September 2nd to open the season, uh, dig into them a little bit, uh, former Southern Conference foe. Uh, that will be coming in in 
couple weeks, obviously, after uh, media days, some about media days, we can break down some of the insights that we gather from that, right, with uh, with the rankings and, and coaching polls and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Probably one more episode leading you into the 2023 season opener against the Citadel. Um, but hope you enjoyed part one and part two of the extravaganza. Um, and, uh, and I don't think I said sales, I, over. sales over and <laughs> deflate the waving arm man. And, uh, and I don't think I said for sure <laughs> this time. Yes, did you I? did. Dang you said it, it once. Uh, yes. It. All right. I said it once. Well, that's better. All right. So I'll get better about that. Um, for sure. Oh, yeah. We forget our for sure segment of the, the evening. The for sure segment of the evening. Yeah. Well, more to come there. Um, and yeah. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. Thanks for our sponsor and can cut. And as always, Cody, hail Southern. Hail Southern. <laughs>